it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for being here, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. We got a big Thursday edition, one 408 7669. We're going to do a simulcast on America's newsroom. Will be exciting. Andy McCarthy has just gotten out of the shower. He wants me to buy a little bit of time. He's a Fox News contributor, former assistant U.S. attorney for Southern District of New York and author of Ball of Collusion. And we're going to take a look at why the president, former president, decided to take the fifth yesterday and what happened with the raid on his house the other day. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. He is a anti-American governor that is really going against everything we stand for. Uh, he's a global, global embarrassment. Right. Uh, Mayor Adams, please look in the mirror. Clueless. Adams demanding Texas stop sending illegals and begs Biden to serve him more money. He got a few thousand here in New York City. Texas has almost two million. The president ignores the problem at the border and wants to wants him to pay attention to a northeastern city. Please. Number two. Today we received news that our economy had zero percent inflation in the month of July. Zero percent. The people were still hurting. But zero inflation last month. Really? The economy. President Biden indicating we are rolling. What do you think? As the president mysteriously says inflation is zero, as the Democrat zero is a massive increase in IRS agents and green spending. Number one. That's exactly what the FBI did. They lied to courts during the Russian collusion. If they did that here and the Republicans take control of the House, then this is going to be a huge scandal. Jonathan Turley demanding answers. President Trump and the national demand answers from the and the nation demand answers from the DOJ and FBI. What's behind the Mar-a-Lago raid? Let's ask Andy McCarthy. Andy, do we need as as the the American people are they are we uh, are we right to demand to see the warrant and understand what was into what went into this raid? Well, there's no problem uh, Brian demanding to see the warrant the question is like what what obligation does the justice department have and i think it's important to uh, explain to people when we t- when we say the warrant you know there's two pieces to a warrant one is the warrant itself which is just like a one page document that that has the courts issuance of the warrant on it, that is that it's been signed off by a judge. And the importance of it is that it basically describes what the agents are allowed to take, right? Uh, And then there's another bit of it, which is usually, uh, you know, could be 20, 30 or more pages long, which is the sworn affidavit that lays out the probable cause for the warrant. Can I see that? (laughs) You have to have probable cause that a crime was committed and that Evidence of the crime is likely to be found in the place that you want to search. Okay, so those are the two pieces. 
As far as the warrant is concerned, you would agree with me, right, that it would be good to, ha to see that because then we, could, we, we would have an idea of what the probable cause was by seeing what the court allowed the agents to seize. So everybody, I think everybody agrees it would be helpful to be able to see that. But the thing is, President Trump has that. He can put it out today if he, he could put it out no, right now. No, he doesn't. Eric, Eric told me last night. Eric told me last night the whole, the family has not seen it. Eric Trump. That's a different thing. No, if they don't want to look, if they're hiding under their desk not looking at it, that's a different thing. They have it. The law requires a copy of the warrant to be left. And they also have an inventory of what was seized. I, I, they told me they don't have like, either. They, they told me they don't have either. You tell me they're not telling me that's the truth? because. Well, no, they may not have it. They may be looking you in the eye and saying to you, we don't have it. But the law requires the FBI to have left it. Now, as I understand it, the family was not at Mar-a-Lago, right, when this happened. Yeah, but they could do so it. They may, they, not could. Have, they may not have it, but they could have it if they wanted it. Uh, and the, the FBI is required to leave a copy of the warrant. They have a copy of the warrant. Not only do they have a copy of the warrant, Brian – Trump's lawyers said yesterday they're not going to release it at this time. So the fact that Eric hasn't seen it or somebody else hasn't seen it is that's misdirection. The fact is Trump has it. If he wanted to, he could put it out and he could direct his lawyers to put it out. So, yes, it'd be nice to see it, but, you know, they could put it out. The other piece of it is the probable cause affidavit filed by the FBI. That gets filed under seal with the court. Now, the reason I disagree slightly with my friend John Turley on, on this is – and I haven't heard the whole bit of what John said – but the gripe that we had with the FISA stuff in Russiagate was FISA is a completely classified procedure where there's no defense counsel, there's no discovery, there's no nothing. We're talking now about the criminal justice system where we're talking about like a normal criminal investigation and criminal prosecution. The president's protection or the former president's protection in that scenario is not the Justice Department. You don't expect to get a friendly prosecutor. The president's protection is the court. So if he is charged with a crime and it turns out that this warrant should not have been issued because they broke the law in issuing it or they lied to the court or whatever people suspect that they did – President Trump could, could move to have the, any evidence from seized in the warrant suppressed. Um, we're going to get – if he gets charged, that warrant – it's not like FISA. The warrant is going to be turned over in discovery, and we're going to be able to see what was in it and exactly what was, was represented. The problem with the, the FISA system that doesn't exist in the criminal justice system is that there's no one checking. In the criminal justice system, the prosecutors and the agents, we hope we get honorable people. But what keeps them honest is the rules. What keeps them honest is everybody's going to see their work. Defense lawyers are going to get to see what they did. And if they lied to courts, evidence can get suppressed. Uh, people can get you know, sanctioned for misconduct. There's all kinds of stuff that's available uh, in the criminal justice system that's not available in FISA. But the, but the president's protection's the court. It's not the Justice Department. So you're telling me right now that the warrant was shown. I, they, I heard it was flashed, and they did not leave it, and they took they – did, they did not leave an inventory of what they took. You're saying neither of those Brian, things are they correct. Have to, they have to do that. Well, what makes that's you think the they law. did? 
that that there hasn't been a lawsuit filed saying that they didn't? You know, President Trump, right. if they violated the law, President Trump, there's a, the rules of criminal procedure allow him to march into court this minute and demand the return of his property if they didn't comply with the law in whatever they did. Here's Lindsay Halligan, who was there, the attorney for the president. Cut one. So I arrived around 11 a.m., and there were about 30 to 40 FBI agents that I saw, five of which were wearing suits. The rest were in uh, cargo pants, masks, and gloves. And they basically had unfettered access to the property. They refused to talk to me, refused to let me in. All I knew is that they were uh, searching areas one, two, and three, which I understood to be the former president's bedroom. Uh, his office, and a storage room. And other than that, we were not allowed to talk to them or go inside at all. Does that sound right to you? Yeah. That sounds like procedure? You can't let a lawyer? You can't get a lawyer? Why would the agents, why would FBI agents doing a search who have the authority of the court, why would they talk to a defense lawyer? I mean, is that that the system? Oh, is that what you think, Brian? So like, If they do a search warrant on the mafia, you know, they should like, you know, if they have John Gotti's lawyer there, oh, let me explain to you what our investigation is about and what we're here to do today. Really? But why, but, but you, so, so Andy, if you represented me and they're raiding my house, you're, you're my attorney and you wanted to follow them into the bedroom, into the living room and everything like that, you're going to tell me that they have a right to say don't? Uh, I'm going to tell you that they can they can discourage it, and I better know exactly what my rights are. And this is a situation where, as I understand it, what you're talking about is national security information, classified information. In the criminal justice system, before a lawyer can get access to classified information, they have to be cleared. They have to make sure that they have a security clearance from the Justice Department. Now, the FBI doesn't have to let them see everything that they take, but they have to give them an inventory describing it before they leave. And when, they ha- when you have a situation where you have classified documents that the lawyer who arrives may not have a security clearance to be able to see, then there has to be accommodation made for that. Yeah, um, they said they had no idea how many boxes. They've heard between seven and ten boxes. Brian, we can't evaluate whether that's good or bad unless we know what it was that they were authorized to take. It just blows me away that you could just take 10 boxes from somebody's house, say, well, whatever. Uh, You could tell a lawyer, go jump in a lake because some judge said it's okay. And this judge has got some issues that I think might be be uh, something people should look into. Number one, on on Facebook page, he has an anti-Shrump screed. He also clearly should have accused himself, some say. He has also another side that's called the woke folks. Uh, and he's got some conflict of interest here, don't you think? Brian, Brian, I agree with all that. What I'm, what I'm saying to you is President Trump's protection under the law and his due process is the court. So we ought to be much more disturbed about the fact that an, uh, an openly anti-Trump jurist did not recuse himself from the search warrant. That, to me, is a much bigger problem than how the FBI carried it out, because if the FBI broke the law or if the Justice Department broke the law, 
our our recompense or our, our remedy for that is supposed to be to be able to go to court. So um, the, and get that correct. Gotcha. So but Andy, so from is, what you know, if you know, the court's a problem, that's a problem. If if you in your experience, if they if the National Archives just wanted generic paperwork back, Trump would have said you're saying that Trump had can read the affidavit, he can read the warrant, no doubt about it, the family or whoever, right? Yes, that's what you're Brian, saying. Can I stop you there for a second? Yeah. The, Nation, the, the Presidential Records Act is not a criminal statute. Okay. So but but they, that but they that warrant able to get us so that the family was not being warrant. clear with me when they said talk to two family members when they said we have not seen the warrant and we don't know what they left with. They they are they are not being they're being disingenuous. Well, it may be it may be literally true that they like. I, I, do I know that Eric Trump read the warrant? Of course not. I have no idea whether he did or he didn't. Did the FBI leave a copy of the warrant with an inventory? I have to assume they did because that's what the law requires. And if they didn't, I would assume that Trump's lawyers would have been in court like the next minute, um, you know, screaming their heads off. And also, again, Brian. The lawyers put a statement out yesterday. I happened to be on Fox while it was while it was put out, where the lawyer said we don't see any reason to put the you know to publicize the warrant at this time. So you know the fact that some members of the family haven't seen it doesn't mean that the FBI didn't comply with federal law, which requires them to leave the warrant and an inventory. Now, importantly, they don't leave the warrant affidavit. So I'm not I'm not for a second contending. That anyone in in Trump's orbit has seen the affidavit and knows what the FBI told the court regarding probable cause. No one's going to see that unless and until one of two things happens. Either Trump gets charged with a crime, in which case it gets disclosed in discovery, or if he never gets charged with a crime, I assume eventually somebody's going to file a Freedom of Information Act request, and we'll we'll see it that way. But um, – Okay. The warrant they should have. The warrant that describes what they're allowed to take, they should have. Does the warrant describe why they're there? Uh, it, it, yes, in the sense that it's you know it makes it clear that it's a search warrant and a judge has signed off on it and it ha- and the court has empowered the agents who, in this case, of the FBI, to to seize items that are consistent with the description in the warrant. All right. The last, the, the president of the United States had a busy day. Yesterday he was with the attorney general, Letitia James, and he sat for five hours. And the only answer, the only question he said yes to was his name. The rest was he took the fifth. He said, really, I have no choice. If I'm the paraphrase, he said, my whole family's under attack. We already know Letitia James is on record saying even before she got the job, when she's running for election, she's going after this, the former sitting president. So he's like, I'm not going to answer any questions. Was that a good strategic move? You know, it's there's more cost to it, Brian, in a civil case than there is in a criminal case. You know, so you have to take that into account when you decide this. And what I mean by that is in a criminal case, the judge tells the jury if the defendant doesn't testify, uh, you have to put that out of your mind. You can't draw any negative inference from it. It's completely up to the, to the prosecutor to prove the case. In a civil case, it's not that way. In a civil case. You're allowed to draw a negative inference against somebody who refuses to testify. So you still get to take your Fifth Amendment privilege, but they can hold it against you. The fact finder can. So what you're saying essentially is the risk to me of testifying is higher than the risk to me of 
not testifying, even though that's going to cost me. Now, I'm completely with the uh, with those who say Letitia James is a complete partisan maniac, and I think you know it's a it's a key difference between the state and federal system. In the federal system, you get an attorney general who is nominated by the president but doesn't get to serve unless the pre- unless the Senate confirms. Yeah. And usually, what they want is assurance that the person's not going to be a partisan maniac. In New York. The yeah. attorney general is elected, and being part, being a partisan maniac in New York appears to be part of the gig. So <laughs> I, I get completely gotcha. where President Trump is coming from, but that mm. doesn't change the fact that in the four corners of the litigation, taking the fifth is going to cost them because right. they can draw negative inference against them. All right, we'll see what happens. We'll talk more about that. Andy McCarthy, thanks so much. Uh, bottom of the hour, simulcast, next you, Brian Kilmeade Show. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Today, we received news that our economy had 0% inflation in the month of July. 0%. Here's what that means. While the price of some things go up, went up last month, the price of other things went down by the same amount. The result, zero inflation last month. But people are still hurting. But zero inflation last month. All right, so they said zero. They wanted him to say zero. Now, let me give you some context. Can you imagine being the Cincinnati Reds, the worst team in baseball, and imagine losing 15-2, to two, but you let up all the runs in the first and third inning, and you're in the eighth inning, and you haven't let up a run in three innings. You are still trailing by 13 runs. So you could say, I have let up zero runs over the last six innings. Excuse me, but the score is 15-2. to two. That's the difference. So by saying zero, 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 you're not being inaccurate, but you're being disingenuous. And what you're saying to people is that inflation you feel, the $4 of gas, it's not $5, but it's still $1.80 more than you were paying or almost double what you were paying. Everything that you're doing on the water, whether it's uh, marine fuel or diesel fuel, everything that you're feeling that's increased, zero. It's zero. It's your imagination. It's zero. That's what they're saying when you go back and say recession is not two negative quarters of growth in a row. They tell you that's not a recession. That is just being inaccurate. It makes people distrust you. Are you really a man or a woman? Does it really matter? For me, it matters. Not to this administration. What's black is white and white is black. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. I am deeply contemplating taking a busload of New Yorkers uh, to go to Texas and do some good old-fashioned door knocking uh, because we, we have to, for the good of America, we have to get them out of office. 
Really? Mayor Adams, I'm going to talk about this on America's Newsroom in about five minutes. Really, for the good of America, get Governor Abbott out of office. Why? Because you get somebody in there who will say, welcome, 2.7 million illegals. Welcome. Overwhelm our city. Overcrowd our classrooms. You don't speak English? Well, double the number of teachers we have. English is a second language. Oh, and that'll come out of the taxpayer base of people that belong here, that applied to come here the right way, that have spent generations in a state remarkably proud of where they're from. But if you're anti-American, then you're Governor Abbott, right? Because you want to protect your people of your state and make them part of this country and also worry about our security and the fentanyl infecting every major city far and near to Texas. And they're also saying, look, you got a problem, New York. you got a problem, D.C. Your lawmakers are welcoming this with sanctuary cities. So this way, I'm going to say, if any of you illegals want to get on a bus since I can't kick you out, and you want to go 1,000 miles, put you there for free, got air conditioning, got a bathroom, and when you get there, you're not our problem. But it's a sanctuary city. They are built to take you. Yes, using exorbitant taxpayer dollars that are forcing, they're so high for the people are leaving that state in droves of, uh, almost as fast as they're leaving California. Now you can go in and stay in a shelter, get on a food line, have accommodations, maybe get a nice hotel room, all on the taxpayer. And because you don't like your country, we have to take you in our country. That has never been the case in America before. And if you're the mayor of a blue city, Who wants to welcome everyone except for the people that are dropped off in your lap and you say you're going to welcome? Then too bad. Tough. You want Governor Abbott out because he's anti-American? No. 2.7 million people coming here illegally. 4 million overall if you count Arizona, New Mexico, and California. Let alone the gotaways of 800,000. The fentanyl that kills on, on contact in many cases. That to me is unacceptable. 1-866-408. Uh, seven six six nine. I'm going to get into this battle a little bit, so I'll kind of set up what we're going to be talking about. Here's Mayor Adams, cut twenty four. Twenty. Uh, I'm sorry, twenty six. Well, uh, first of all, um, I know he thinks he's uh, Clint Eastwood, but he's not. He is a anti-American governor that is really going against everything we stand for. And uh, I am going to do everything feasible to make sure Texan uh, people of Texas realize how harmful he is to us globally. Uh, He's a global global embarrassment uh, because this is not what we do as Americans. Really? You don't protect your citizens? You don't dispatch the Texas Rangers and the Texas National Guard if the federal government won't take care of your people? That, to me, is being responsible. So what Governor Abbott did, Mayor Abbott did just to, uh, what Mayor Adams did just to update you, is say, you know, I'm so angry at this governor, I might send some New Yorkers up there to knock on doors, take buses down there, and tell everyone to vote for Beta O'Rourke. Governor Abbott hears this, knows how Texans feel about New Yorkers, and then said this. This makes sense of what he meant by Clint Eastwood. Cut 25. Go ahead, Mayor. Make my day. Uh, There could hardly be anything better uh, to aid my campaign against Beto O'Rourke than to have Beto O'Rourke have his campaign aided by a bunch of New Yorkers that will not be viewed very positively in the state of Texas. Candidly, the only thing better than that is what has already occurred. 
and that is Beto has received a million dollars from George Soros. Uh, This is a campaign by Beto that's being run by people outside of the state of Texas. This race is about Texans, and Texans are fed up with what the Biden administration has done on our border, the chaos that has caused, the damage that has caused in the state of Texas. Texas has no state tax, but still they have to write huge checks just in revenue to help fund their personal security because the federal government's not doing its job. One specifics, in the last five weeks, Governor Abbott has directed police, his police to arrest and transport back to the ports of entry any person suspected of illegal entry in the United States. So how do they do over the last few weeks? The state has returned nearly 4,000 people. The Texas National Guard and, and Department of Public Safety officers have apprehended them uh, more than a year that they have been deployed on the border under Operation Lone Star. 4,000, 3,900 roughly. They have to do it. They have no choice. You can't ignore it like the vice president can. So Governor Abbott wrote this message to the mayors. Now, if the mayors of America's most populous cities and the nation's capitals are complaining about a few thousand migrants, which Governor Adams is, by the way, imagine what would would these small borders communities with more limited resources face on the front lines. New York City and D.C. recent interest in this relentless Crisis is a welcome departure from willful ignorance that the Biden administration continues to demonstrate. Biden has never visited the border to understand the magnitude of the crisis and created his his borders. Our VP Harris has similarly taken no meaningful actions to address the gravity of the situation except one visit to El Paso sector over a year ago. Mayorkas recently testified the southern border is safe and secure. Thousands of illegal immigrants across the border each day and statement is either shockingly uninformed or intentionally deceptive. And Mayor Adams and Bowser recently acknowledged the border crisis demands immediate and decisive federal action. I ask that they call on President Biden to stop dismissing this crisis and to honor the duty of preserving America's national security. Instead, I think that what I think Biden's going to do is what I think Biden's going to do is meet with Mayor Adams, make it a continued war with Governor Abbott, and hope to compartmentalize it and just make it seem like this is a Republican-Democrat issue when it's really an American issue, and that's what I think is going to come across. And I don't think, I think Abbott's smart, not to get involved personally. I think Abbott is really smart to look at this and say, I have an opportunity here. I have an opportunity to get the president's attention because Mayor Adams, in his case in particular, I don't know about Mayor Bowser, but evidently Biden and, and, and Adams really get along. So if Adams did pick up the phone and call, and I think even though he's on vacation, I think he would make a statement, I think he would... Possibly answer his call, write a check, at which time we'll get more attention and hopefully get some answers. Bill Malusian's been watching this from afar. Where's Bill Malusian? Well, he's in California full-time, but he spends so much time on the border, I wouldn't doubt that he has a place there. He wrote this, just for perspective, New York City Mayor Eric Adams is calling for federal help because he says around 4,000 migrants have arrived in New York City over the last three months in May. Texas averages 4,000 migrants crossing the border every single day and so far has sent less than 100 migrants to New York City. I think it's a little more than 100. They bought five buses, none of which are full, about a third full. They all signed waivers. No one's being duped. Everyone knows what's going on. So that's what's happening. The Texas troopers returned almost 4,000. We have Texas National Guard on the border. They're building their own wall. They are desperate to get a hold of their own border. They want to stop the drugs. They want to stop the overclouding crash rooms. They want to stop the ranchers who said that these guys are basically and families are camping out on their property 
uh, leaving things like water bottles, their cows eat, and they die almost instantly. You may think, well, what's the big deal? Get another cow. They cost thousands of dollars and are no longer productive. These are all the things that responsible people don't do around ranches. But when you are illegally coming from Venezuela, Bolivia, Honduras, Nicaragua, Ukraine, you don't care about things like that. Border agents in Arizona yesterday seized 70,000 fentanyl pills and seven pounds of fentanyl, uh, fentanyl at the border, according to Bill Malusian. That, to me, is really, really bad. So in about two minutes, we'll go live on television. But in the meantime, we're still looking at the raid that happened on the Trump uh, at Trump's Mar-a-Lago address. Reportedly, they say that the reason why they did it with Trump not there is because they wanted to make sure he was in New Jersey, Bedsminster, or New York City at Trump Tower. Uh, they didn't want to create an uproar in doing it. So they thought if everyone was out, that would happen. It would go behind closed doors. But the place always has got to be staffed. There's surveillance cameras everywhere. When you go raid a house, when the FBI and all black and you sit outside with machine guns, of course you're going to be discovered. Lindsay Halligan was scrambled there. She's an attorney for Donald Trump. She said this on Sean Hannity's TV show last night. Cut one. Cut one. Or is it too close? So I arrived around 11 a.m. And there were about 30 to 40 FBI agents that I saw, five of which were wearing suits. The rest were in uh, cargo pants, masks, and gloves. And they basically had unfettered access to the property. They refused to talk to me, refused to let me in. All I knew is that they were uh, searching areas one, two, and three, which... I understood to be. So that's uh, Lindsay Halligan, and they're really befuddled about it. So let's listen into America's Newsroom, Dana Perino and and Bill Hemmer. Let's listen right Abbott now. Abbott is offering no sympathy, telling the mayor that the number is just a fraction of what Texas deals with every single day. Brian Kilmeade is the co-host of Fox and Friends and host of One Nation. Brian, this is one of my favorite stories of the week because it is just such a glaring uh, moment of hypocrisy. And a misunderstanding. And for Mayor Adams to call Governor Abbott anti-American, I mean, where do you go from there? He's totally delusional. He doesn't understand he's losing the argument every time he speaks. He doesn't understand that if you get a few hundred illegal immigrants on air-conditioned buses coming up from Texas, on Texas's dime, to go to a sanctuary city, which he runs, that's exactly what you called for. And get this, Dana, and as you and Bill may have pointed out, that they are actually asking for federal funds to handle, I don't know, 1,000, 4,000 overall, maybe 200 from Texas. He should be madder at those flights that land in the middle of Westchester County, New York, or in Newburgh, New York, or in, or in Long Island out in Suffolk County. They don't report to the mayor. They don't report to the governor. They just drop them in and they say, hey, you know that class of 25? It's now 37. You know those new 12 students? They don't speak English. You know what they're going to need? resources, additional resources from taxpayer dollars to make sure those kids can gradually learn as much as the other kids. Is there any reason and incentive to do things right? And for Mayor Adams to say it's anti-American for the governor of Texas to secure a border and a state for its own citizens, they'd ask for the Texas Rangers, the Texas National Guard to take the illegals and send them back to the ports of entry and do this, guys, add this to the whole fray. They're just saying, hey, when we deliver them, we deliver them. On top of that, what we're asking for is a wall. You're not going to build a wall, even though America paid for it? Texas dollars again. We're going to build our own wall. Mm -hmm. That's a yeah. desperate yeah. governor. Uh, if you look at the video, there's uh, 
migrants coming to New York. Everybody's got a cell phone. Everybody's got nice clothes. I mean, yeah. They're almost all men. I mean, every single guy that gets off that bus it seems to be of working age, age 25, age 30 years old, very few women. And there's a guy on the left of your screen here that you can see. He, he has dollar bills in his hand, and he reaches out over the crowd as if to say, hey, you, you can have some of these dollars here, and they just keep on walking by. New York Post cover says, make my day. Th those are, there's that gentleman there. Uh, those are the words of, um, of Greg Abbott. Adam says he'll go and campaign against him. Here's what he said in New York this week. Unbelievable. I am deeply contemplating taking a busload of New Yorkers uh, to go to Texas and do some good old-fashioned door knocking uh, because we, we have to, for the good of America, we have to get him out of office. I mean, that would be the political, uh, it might be the political story of the summer. With everything else going on, if the New York City mayor went and campaigned against the Texas governor. <laughs> Absolutely. I know so many Texans who say to themselves, I don't know who to vote for. Does anyone know a New Yorker to give me some advice? That'll be fantastic. Or, honey, who's that at the door? Oh, he's a stranger from New York? Let me find out what he wants from me. Oh, he wants me to vote for somebody else? Oh, that sounds good. What do you think, honey? Let's go together, hop in the station wagon, <laughs> and we'll head down there. That'll be fantastic. They'll do the exact opposite of what New York wants. You know what else? Maybe a New Yorker or a Californian will answer the door because they've left New York and California for that reason. Somehow they're spending all their money without any state tax in helping secure their own, their own state. And they're being vilified by an oblivious blue state mayor and another one in Washington, D.C. What I would like to see is this. Adams and Biden get along great. I'm sure he would take Adams's call. I would not be surprised if Joe Biden would get the advice to vilify the governor of Texas and take Adams' side and get him additional financing to handle the extra 4,000 over the last five months illegal immigrants into their city and at the same time turn your back on the 3.9 million that have crossed mostly in Texas since he took over. I've never seen such blatant irresponsibility as a leader of a country, of a leader of a city, as opposed to the leader of a state. And why mm -hmm. Beto O'Rourke's within single digits, reportedly, of Governor Abbott's beyond me. Because if Texas is unhappy now, you are going to be miserable under Beto O'Rourke, Mr. Take My Gun and Take the Wall Down. That's what he's going to give you, along with standing on your kitchen table or your countertop. Pretty upside down. Uh, there's Brian Kilmeade on radio and on TV. How does he do it, Dan? He's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm a... Defies physics every day oh my with my his physics. energy level as well. Uh, thank Brian you, Kilmeade, Brian. good to see you. See thank how it goes. All right, Appreciate thank you. 1-866-408-7669. I'm going to take a quick break, come back with more of your calls in just a moment. So is that okay, Allison? You'd, little, you'd rather me not? We'll see how they are. The call, you mean take some calls? You're not, you're not too sure if I should take calls. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to the people and see if they're worthy of your time. I Come on. Prove yourself worthy. Back <laughs> in a moment. Both sides, all opinions. It's Brian Kilmeade. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. You tell people they need to mask in an indoor congregate setting. That is looked upon by a lot of people, not everybody, as, as an encroachment on your freedom. Um, that, we've never had that before. I mean, so, I mean, it, it, it's, it's almost inexplicable. Okay. 
We've never had anybody tell us to wear a mask anytime, anywhere, except for a hospital. If somebody has sadly going through cancer treatment or got some rare disease. So when you tell the American people for two years to wear a mask, don't wear a mask, kind of wear a mask, put it on, wear two masks. I actually had Dr. Burks tell me one time on TV, wear goggles because the virus could come through your eyes. Now you're wondering, Dr. Fauci, in an interview setting after being booed throwing out the first pitch in Seattle, you are wondering why people are reluctant to put on a mask going to a concert, going to a seminar, going to a classroom, anything public. Where does that come from? We've never had that happen before. Are you that oblivious? Nobody trusts you. I think we're really getting on to him. For him to get booed in Seattle... I think it shows the American people have standards and are seeing the contradiction, seeing the aloofness, seeing the arrogance, seeing the inability to understand that this virus came from the Wuhan lab and the fact that you won't even legitimately entertain it except for there's so much public pressure because of the logic involved that now you said you're open to it. We see all that after two years and soon, well, the fact that you didn't like Trump doesn't mean as much. The fact that you'll do whatever Joe Biden says doesn't mean as much. You lost me as soon as you hopped on and told me, hopped on, and I saw your different attitude when you hopped on Fox as compared to other networks. I said, what is this doctor's issue? And then we find out his favorite show is Rachel Maddow's show. You don't like Rachel Maddow unless you're a left-wing Democrat. Not saying she's not talented. I'm just saying that's your choice to watch. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade. Ah, thanks so much for being here, everybody. Coming from 48th and 6th in Midtown Manhattan. Heard around the country, around the world, especially in the Ukraine. We're not forgetting about that war as Ukrainians make some progress there. Uh, blow up nine Russian planes in the middle of Crimea. That's how they got to do it. They got to let all the Russians know that you might occupy Ukraine, but you'll never be safe there. Uh, that'll bring them to the table. Uh, we're going to talk to Matt Schlapp shortly. Uh, we're also going to talk to uh, Stuart Varney. We'll do a simulcast there, and that'll be great. Uh, Stuart Varney, that's a weekly thing. We also were in an earlier hour. Uh, yesterday, we did Harris Faulkner show, which is fantastic, always. And we just had a was able to do a... Uh, to do a hit in America's newsroom. Coming up shortly, Kevin Brock's here, former assistant director of intelligence at the FBI. Important job, important guy. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. He is a anti-American governor that is really going against everything we stand for. Oh, uh, he's please. a global, global embarrassment. Clueless. Mayor Adams demanding Texas stop sending illegals there and calls this governor of Texas anti-American. Is he kidding me? Let's talk about that. Number two. Today we received news that our economy had zero percent inflation in the month of July. Zero percent. But people were still hurting. But zero inflation last month. So you're saying zero. Uh, Not true. President Biden uh, indicated we are rolling economically. What do you think? As the president mysteriously says, inflation is at zero. Yeah, in one month. But it didn't decrease just below 9%. IRA, IRS agents, well, you're about to get 85000 more, cost of billions of dollars. Is that going to help America? 
Number one. That's exactly what the FBI did. They lied to courts during the Russian collusion. If they did that here and the Republicans take control of the House, then this is going to be a huge scandal. That is Jonathan Turley demanding answers. President Trump and the nation demand answers on the DOJ and FBI raid. What's behind the Mar-a-Lago raid? Let's ask a guy that knows all about law enforcement, former assistant director of Intel at the FBI and principal deputy director of National Counterterrorism Center and founder of Brock CRS. Kevin Brock, welcome. Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, Brian, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Hey, Kevin, could you just give me an idea of the procedures? Right now, does does the Trump team have to have the warrant and the affidavit to talk about why they went in on Monday? Normally, Brian, a copy of the search warrant will be left behind us, as well as a a receipt of, of the inventory of items that were seized from the residents. It doesn't necessarily mean that the warrant is going to contain the probable cause statement that authorized uh, the FBI to do this search. So the search warrant could simply just be a, a one-page document saying, you know, go do this and signed by a, a judge. So what we understand is Newsweek is reporting that the, uh, FBI, uh, that the FBI did their raid because they got a lead from somebody who told them exactly where to go inside Mar-a-Lago. I don't know if it was Melania's closet. I don't know if it was a storage room, the second floor office, but essentially three separate places. So you get a lead like that, but yet you're negotiating with them four separate times through June. What would make them jump on that and say, I got to do it? Find a judge and I got to do it. Uh, What would make them jump on it is bad judgment, frankly. Uh, They were in the middle of negotiations, obviously from reporting that we've gotten so far, the, the FBI and the DOJ, so DOJ was involved in getting back documents from Donald Trump face to face down at Mar-a-Lago, pursuant to a subpoena. You know what triggered, what changed to, to change this from a subpoena and a, and a negotiated process into a search warrant with 30 armed agents? Uh, that's the key question. So, generally, the warrant. Probable cause statement will probably have, as true, probably will have an inside source reporting information uh, that you know certain documents, maybe even classified documents, were in possession of the former president. But Brian, none of that, none of that justifies the wildly disproportionate response of 30 armed agents going in and doing a search warrant over a document case. I've, I've never seen that in, in, in my experience with the FBI, and it just is, is puzzling from the get-go. So, so it led people to believe that, okay, this has everything to do with January 6th, because January 6th, they're trying to prove some type of criminal misconduct. Here's Senator Tim Scott, cut six. I cannot imagine that they are literally looking for something on a Presidential Records Act. There's no way in the world that it's only about that. That would be shocking, stunning, and unprecedented. The truth is they continue to look for ways to literally put him in a corner and put the targets on him. It feels like to me. Or it's related to some type of January 6th investigation that the Department of Justice may or may not be interested in pursuing. What do you think? I... uh... I hate to say this, but I think that it's going to boil down to an ill-advised law enforcement investigation really? into disputed documents. Yeah, I don't think it's going to get mixed up with the January 6th stuff. Again, I'm speculating, but literally uh, 
you know, I, I think that's what it's going to boil down. And should the FBI have been involved in an investigation over disputed documents? Absolutely not. Could they have walked away from it, even though there's clear evidence that perhaps some a violation of an obscure statute uh, occurred? Yes, they could walk away with the FBI, uh, you know, declines to pursue certain investigations on a daily basis, even million dollar frauds they'll walk away from. So this it it there is a concerning aspect of this because it has such deep political ramifications mm-hmm. um, and, and questions are going to have to be answered why the FBI decided to involve themselves in such a, a, a minor case. Uh, but I'm you know, it, it could happen, Brian, but I'm. I think that's a distraction uh, to think that this is a larger, uh, you know, uh, a larger convergence of January 6th with with a document dispute. So how about this? Knowing that you got to watch your back, I don't care what political persuasion you're on. It never used to matter with the FBI. Now everybody looks to that. What about going to a judge that's got the history of being uh, uh, tweeting out woke statements and anti-Trump stuff into as far back as 2017? Why would they right. go to that judge? And if you're FBI, knowing that you're going to get scrutiny, why would you choose that pathway? Great question. Um, in my experience, when you have a probable cause statement to bring before a judge for a search warrant, the, the federal magistrate that's going to sign off on that is usually whoever's on duty that day. That said, that doesn't mean that somebody within the Department of Justice wouldn't have called down to that district in Florida to find out who's going to be on duty on a given day. Uh, that's not outside the realm of possibility. Uh, it's speculation on my part, but, um, you know, it, it does, it does look unusual that this judge seemed to align so sympathetically uh, against the former president. Could it have been coincidence? Yes, it could have, but it's another question that's going to have to be answered. Brian, the FBI is not going to merge from from this as the same agency after after this is all sorted through. We don't know who ultimately made the decision to go down this path, whether it came from the White House, whether it came from DOJ. DOJ is already backing off and, and using sources to whisper to news outlets that, um, you know, this was all on the FBI. They're lining up the buses to throw people under. But whoever it shakes out to be, um, it's the ramifications of this action, which clearly weren't thought, thought through, uh, are going to have a profound impact on the future of the FBI. So, Kevin, no uh, with you, and by the way, I'm speaking with Kevin Brock, Assistant Director of Intelligence of the FBI, uh, Principal Deputy Director of uh, Counterterrorism Center. So, Kevin, this is what I worry about. I worry about, okay, in two years, let's say a Republican becomes president. There's legitimately an active investigation, I hear, into Hunter Biden, and it legitimately revolves around the, the president is implicated in it uh, as the big guy over and over again. you got two or three people saying that absolutely is him, and he absolutely profited from it. I don't care what right. you think listening to right. us right now. So, so the Republican president we, goes, okay, I think it's time to raid Joe Biden's Delaware home. I'm not happy about okay. that either. No, exactly. And, that, and that, uh, that is kind of the unfortunate fallout of all of this, is that a, a law enforcement action by the FBI, ill-advised, has probably kicked off one of the uh, an epoch of of um, political wars in this country, like we've never seen before. We're divided now. We ain't seen nothing yet. This 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 little action uh, is going to have profound repercussions for the country over the next few years. So no longer. Yeah, if you were the uh, the Trump team, Trump team was like, uh, according to Andy McCarthy, the Trump team has the 
uh, warrant, and they could make it public, but they're choosing not to. If that, in fact, is the scenario, what could be – is there stuff on the warrant that could be embarrassing or could something that would lead to more questions from from people? I, I have not read too many warrants in my life. Yeah. So to the earlier point, the warrant itself may not have a lot of information on it, even if – even if a copy of the warrant itself was left behind and, and the Trump people could release it, it would basically say that the uh, FBI, you are hereby commanded by the port, uh, court to search this residence and recover these types of documents. It won't contain the probable cause statement. That's under seal. Uh, and so the warrant itself doesn't shed that much light other than what we already know. Uh, Kevin, why was the field office in Miami? I think it's Miami. You would know better. Not informed mm-hmm. that the that the feds were coming in, that the FBI was coming in. Why, why would you not tell the Bureau? Well, myself and other retired agents and even current agents are puzzled by this. I, I've never seen that before. Whenever a search is executed, the local field office is involved. Even if the case emanates from another field office, uh, that originating field office will certainly send representatives down to participate in the search, but largely the execution is, is left to the local field office. Why a decision was made to send 30 agents from Washington and exclude the Miami division is another question that's going to have to be uh, looked at because it is highly unusual. Process. So uh, I interviewed Scott Perry last night. I was hosting for Tucker and he was the congressman very tight with the pre- former president and uh, they walked up and they just took his cell phone. So I just asked him, What's going? What happened? How did this go down? And do you think it's related to the president, the raid on the president? Cut 14. There are three FBI agents. Of course, like you said, I'm traveling with my family. Uh, We have two young daughters. I'm with my uh, my elderly in-laws. And, uh, you know, they they want to take my cell phone. And I said, you know, could you contact my attorney? You know, why why does this have to happen? You know, out on the street. And how did you find me, by the way? And of course, they wouldn't answer that question. Uh, they said they were going to image the cell phone and return it sometime later since I didn't have a phone. And this is my personal cell phone, Brian. I have a, uh, you know, I have a, uh, a, a, a official cell phone. They don't, they don't want that. So this is my personal cell phone that I talk to my wife on, that I talk to my children on, my constituents. So he went on and just described that they took it from him. Uh, and could you describe, does that seem unusual to you? Is that the way you do things? Not necessarily unusual. Certainly, in a in a in a drug case or organized crime case, that's not what we're talking about here. The unusual part of it is that it's 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 a confrontation with a, a sitting U.S. Uh, congressman. Um, but from a technical standpoint, they want to get if there's something on the phone that they think is important to have from an evidentiary standpoint, they'll want to get their hands on the phone before somebody can can. Uh, you know, uh, take uh, you know maybe remove, yeah, delete it, destroy it, that type of thing. So, the approach isn't unusual. The context is is highly unusual. Um, and again, it's feeding into a narrative that's 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 really killing the FBI right now. I mean, you look at the you look at the law enforcement actions undertaken by the FBI against people with in political positions of power in this mm-hmm. country, and it's all slanting towards one side and not the other. Um, there, there may be absolutely ironclad justification in some cases, but uh, or in, in, in many of the cases. But the perception is one that the FBI is working for one political party right now uh, and against another, and that cannot stand. The, the 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 trust in the FBI by the American people is eroding rapidly, 
And the FBI's leadership first responsibility is to protect that trust. And, and right now that's in peril. Absolutely. And Kevin, lastly, I go through, let's say this scenario, I go through the academy, I pass a background check, I go through the academy, I'm out in the field, I've proved myself for 10, 15 years. I get a call and it's something partisan political. And I know it just doesn't seem rooted in anything routine. And the call is to Mar-a-Lago. And I'm going to go and hit the former president's house under, when I look at the material there, it seems pure politics. As an agent, do I lose my job if I say I don't want to go? Do you basically say, okay, you go, you're fired? That would be unusual. Uh, if an agent objects out of uh, conscience or, or something like or they, they think that it's not sufficient, then they could certainly suffer some career penalties. Hopefully that wouldn't happen if it's a legitimate objection. Um, but uh, but so – and, and so there is some freedom on the part of the agent to to uh, withdraw from an investigation for specific justified reasons. They say, "No, I'm not going because I'm, I'm you know I'm going on vacation. I don't want to go." They could you know that could suffer the consequences on that. But uh, no, in the FBI, I knew there was room for uh, making those kinds of objections. Uh, you know, I personally didn't want to participate in in searches involving. Um, Child pornography. It was just. It was just as a father of a lot of kids. It was just a, a something I I I couldn't uh, I couldn't look at and, and um, without you know significant uh, emotional impact. And so, you know, I I withdrew and, and nobody objected to that. So you know, there is room for for that. Got it. Uh, I know. I feel bad for you too because if you do your job, you got this great reputation. You're so proud of what you do, and you should be. All of a sudden, you watch uh, the Andy McCabe's of the world, the Peter Strucks of the world, the uh, Lisa Page. You're seeing James Comey make a total ass of himself, in my view. And then you watch this raid. You're saying to yourself, wow, uh, I took care of Roger Stone. I made sure Peter Navarro left in chains. I raided Mar-a-Lago without the president there. And you wonder what happened to the reputation that you had. Um, So hopefully it doesn't reflect on people like you. Kevin Brock, thanks so much for your insight. Appreciate it, Brian. Thanks so much. All right. Uh, when we come back, your calls. One, maybe you think I'm way off. one 408 You're listening to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Learning something new every day on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Information you want. Truth you demand. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Inflation drops to zero in July due to falling gas prices. Inflation drops to zero. Democrats might just be able, might just be able to be like, you know what? Uh, It has been bad for a while with inflation, but we're on the right track now. Yeah, uh, that's John Heilman. Forget it. Uh, Al, it's not zero. It's 8.5%. Al is on WOKV in Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Al. Uh, Brian, this veteran wants to thank you for the great work you do. Thank you. I'd like to make two points. One, my brother-in-law lives in Texas, and he called me last night and said, if Mayor Adams wants to come to his door, he'll show him what Texas boots are used for. (laughs) And two, um, if uh, the FBI took all those boxes out of Mar-a-Lago, do you trust the FBI not to up those boxes with classified information and say, hey, we got him now. Put him in the orange jumpsuit. Well, look, I never thought we'd get to this point. Guys like Kevin Brock, who I just spoke to, I trust. I don't know who those 30 were that were in there. I don't know the tips. We don't know anything. You know, we don't know how many Tim McCabe's are out there. 
uh, or uh, Andy McCabe's are out there. We don't know uh, how many Peter Strucks are out there. We don't know how many James Comey egomaniacs are out there. For the most part, FBI guys and women are underpaid and underappreciated, and they do so much with just about 35,000 in their ranks nationally. I don't want to besmirch any of them totally, but if I'm Trump, I'm a little worried. I'm worried about what you just brought up. FBI agents or somebody in my own circle trying to save themselves for something they might have done by selling Donald Trump down the river for something he may or may not may have done. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. Today, we received news that our economy had 0% inflation in the month of July. 0%. Here's what that means. While the price of some things go up, went up last month, the price of other things went down by the same amount. The result, zero inflation last month. But people are still hurting. But zero inflation last month. It's like Rain Man, zero, zero, zero. Matt Schlapp, not a zero. Uh, he runs CPAC, uh, fresh off another successful conference, author of The Desecrators. Matt, what do you think about uh, inflation heading in the right direction? The market seems to like it uh, in terms of the increase in prices. Market's up 318 points today. I don't think zero is the correct communication, though. A little deceptive, don't you think? Yeah, it's kind of like when they run on the fact that gas prices went down six cents. It's all about the long-term trajectory, and I can't get inside the numbers for a one-month inflation forecast or account. But from what people are telling me inside the swamp, um, the apparatchiks inside the Department of Labor are doing everything they can to try to boost Biden, and they're doing everything they can to cook the numbers. So I just say look at the long-term trajectory, and I don't know anybody that knows a lot about the economy who sees anything very positive about the economy. And it's all self-inflicted, Brian. Almost all of it is. And uh, and the question is, will Biden wait to get till he gets destroyed in November to change course? Will he ever change course? Are they going to double down on making things hard for all of us? Uh, yeah, well, not going to. Look what's happening tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to get $369 billion worth of new Green Deal. A whole bunch of IRS agents, some limited drilling and some easing promises when it comes to permitting and drilling on land and a pipeline for West Virginia. So this is this is mini build back better, don't you think? Yeah, except, uh, Brian, I want to uh, caution you on all the fossil fuel projects that are supposedly in the bill, including Joe Manchin's pipeline. Unfortunately, Joe Manchin didn't negotiate very well for a state. And there's going to be all kinds of legal hurdles put in the way of all of these projects. That pipeline is no more approved after this bill signed than it is today. And that's what the left does. They use war. They use, uh, you know, they fight it out in the courts. And um, and so uh, without that, without that being taken off the table, don't expect one drop of fossil fuel to come out of the bill. I lost at the end. The whole raid, you write to uh, Matt, you write about the raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago home uh, by Biden, politicized the FBI means the U.S. now a third world country. Is that a little severe? No, I have to say, Brian, you and I know each other pretty well. I'm sure sometimes my rhetoric gets heated, but 
I am really worried about our country. Um, you know, Bill Clinton had a special prosecutor uh, for all of his wrongdoing as he got into the White House. And uh, all they did was depose him. Now, he got himself in trouble in that deposition, but they never raided his home or got into his private papers. I mean, none of that happened uh, because there should be a little humility when it comes to people who were either in the office of the presidency or were former presidents. Remember, this office they raided is our office. It's an official office of the United States. When you leave the presidency, you still get taxpayer funds to keep an office. And this is a scary thing because, Brian, what it's done is it's taken those people that view that there was a lot of election fraud and shenanigans by big city mayors. And now the swamp has played into the hands of the people that, uh, you know, really fear the worst. And I think it's a terrible thing for our country. They're the ones who are destroying democracy. And, and by the way, people like me, they're going to come after people like me, too, with 87,000 new IRS agents. Anybody who stands with Trump or for conservatism is, is a potential victim here. And we've just got to call a stop to all this. Yeah, Scott Perry, Are you? I know you're uh, friendly with him, right? Yes, for sure. And he had his phone taken away, like literally, as uh, as he's leaving CPAC. That, would, that happened leaving CPAC. I did not know that. So he explained that to us yesterday. And then he went on to talk about what it means in the big picture. You know, he's tight with Trump. So if you ever wanted it, I would have given it to you, but they didn't ask for it. Same thing with Roger Stone. He said, I would have reported. Same thing with Peter Navarro. He said, you know, I'm, I'm right near the FBI uh, agency. I could have went down there myself. Cut 15. If they would have just contacted my attorney, certainly we would have provided the information necessary as required by law, and that would have been the end of it. But they want this spectacle. They want this show. They want the intimidation. And, of course, the media is not saying anything about the fact that, reported today, that I am not a target of the uh, of this investigation. Okay. This is the DOJ run amok, and I think what people need to really think about is, in about a day, we're going to vote on a package, and it'll probably pass, where they're going to employ 87,000 new IRS agents. What do you think they're going to be doing? They're going to be coming for all of you. You know, so yesterday it was my cell phone. Tomorrow it's going to be it's going to be average, hardworking Americans that are just trying to make it through their days. Uh, and that's what people worry about. I just don't even understand that politically it's detrimental to you to uh, to to double the size of the entire IRS force because you, there's no way you're targeting just rich people. And there's going to be a lot of middle and working class people who are going to get screwed. And remember, Obama used the IRS to to go after his opponents in the Tea Party, and uh, and you know so Obama and Biden have a terrible track record. Whether it's using the intelligence agencies to spy on reporters or right. using the IRS to go after their opponents, it's a terrible thing. But Brian, remember this: Hillary and Bill Clinton stole two hundred thousand dollars worth of our furniture from the White House. No subpoenas, no investigations. They simply called them and said, "Look, you stole." The people's furniture and artwork, you got to bring it back. They eventually had to write a check for 23000 There was no legal proceedings. If there's a question about whether Donald Trump took a document he couldn't take, let the lawyers figure it out. There's some judgment calls there. You don't have to raid a man's office or his home. Uh, that's true. So you just, uh, you're fresh off your conference. How was the former president received? Really well. I mean, you know, obviously he had like a 98%. Uh, approval rating, 98 or 99. Now I'm confused. It was too high. The thing is, is that there's this bond, Brian, and I know sometimes people in the media don't get it, but there's a real bond between Trump and the conservative activists. Now, some of them say it's time for a new guy to come on the field like Ron DeSantis. 
Um, but all of them think that he did what he said he was going to do, and they love him for it. And I'll tell you what the FBI doesn't get, what Biden doesn't get. And by the way, Biden knew of this raid. So did his uh, chief of staff, Ron Klain. I have talked to people who had these positions in Republican administrations. There's no way the White House wasn't fully aware of this raid. And how is this different than what they impeached Trump for, calling the president of the Ukraine to go after the Biden family? How is this different? Uh, you know, going after your potential opponent in 2024. Well, he denies he even knows. Matt, the big difference is the president said he wasn't, according to his press secretary, they weren't even informed. Yeah, Merrick Garland saying he didn't know. Let me tell you, Brian, there's a 0% chance that the White House was not informed, that the White House counsel, that the chief of staff was unaware of this raid. There's a 0% chance. They, they, They think we're so stupid. And you know what they're really doing? They're just building more support for Trump. The more they persecute him unfairly, the more his support grows. I don't know what they're thinking, but they're so corrupt, and they hang around with people that think they're so smart, that groupthink is set in. I, I want you to hear, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you read the Newsweek story. They say that Newsweek said the, uh, the information from the FBI's confidential human source, uh, who is also identified as classified documents, they, he's uh, somebody from uh, Trump's orbit that knew exactly where these documents were, it was either going to be in the locker where they kept the the, uh, the chairs and the umbrellas. They're going to be in a second floor office, going to be in a safe or in Melania's wardrobe. Your thoughts? The point is, is this, which is what it is. It's like all these other things. What's the underlying crime? What are they going to accuse him of? And what they're going for is the fact that Trump was involved in efforts to plot an insurrection by saying that the election was filled with fraud. And you know what, Brian? Uh, you know what I did in Nevada. They're going to have to put me in prison, too. You can't decide to use voter ID in some elections and not other elections. Mayors and governors don't get to decide which election laws they're going to follow. If you're going to say Trump should go to prison because he pushed you know, a conspiracy theorist that, that they didn't follow voter ID, you're going to have to put hundreds of us in prison because we saw it firsthand, and it should never happen again. Go get a match lap. Always great to talk to you. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Brian. You got it. And he has a big story on foxnews.com. When we come back, I'll be joined by uh, Stuart Varney. Right? We'll do Varney and Company. And then at the end of this block, what I'm going to do is take some of your calls. So stay right there. From Tom to Ricardo to James, we'll lead with you three when we return. The fastest growing talk show in America. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Now, the Brian Kilmeade Show joins Fox Business's Varney and Company with Stuart Varney, live on your radio and on Fox Business. Here's Brian Kilmeade. Hey, uh, let's go right to the phones and try to squeeze a call in. You want to try to do that? Uh, it's too tight. Okay. What we're going to do is we're going to do a simulcast on FBN, Fox Business Network, and then I'm going to get to all your calls from Long Island to Texas uh, to West Virginia, especially West Virginia, especially considering what's going on right now. Uh, the FBI raid is a little bit controversial. You heard Kevin Brock this hour come out and say, listen, as a guy that was a high-ranking FBI agent, he's really disturbed about what happened. He doubts tremendous, tremendous doubt on the reasons behind it that would ever rationalize for it, especially with a former president doing it. And then Matt Schlapp weighing in saying, listen, remember what Bill Clinton did. Remember what he was accused of doing, what he actually did do. They deposed him once. He was on video. It was released a little bit later. They didn't raid his house. And believe me, when the Clintons took all the furniture, 
They probably could have. I did not know that Barack Obama took 33,000 pages of documents and promised to digitize them and send them back. I don't know if you noticed, but he hasn't been in office in six years. He has not digitized them and sent it back. And his library is yet to open, which is another thing, because people in Chicago don't really want it. So in a little while, we're going to talk about uh, the raid. But let's listen in together to Stuart Varney. It's 10.50, almost 10. Yeah, now it's 10.51. That means Brian Kilmeade joins us. All right, Brian. Uh, Hunter Biden gets on Air Force One, goes on vacation with his dad. This is just a couple of days after the feds raided Trump's private home. I'm looking at the optics of climbing up the staircase for Air Force One. Do you think this was designed to make Hunter look kind of untouchable? Yes, I I absolutely do. And I also think to myself, okay, uh, President Biden... Uh, has just gotten COVID twice in four weeks. So he's been isolated for this entire time. Who knows what kind of work he's been doing. And now he's going on vacation for another couple of weeks. And to do that, let's show the whole new Hunter Biden family. Not his illegitimate kid located somewhere on the East Coast. Uh, Not his former sister-in-law who he dated after Bo Biden's death. But let's just go on with that nuclear family. He's clean-shaven, off-crack, I assume. But the big story is not his addiction, sexual or otherwise. How it relates to the big guy he was walking up the big steps with. And I want to ask you this. And this is what I would just ask Kevin Brock, who's a high-ranking FBI agent, disturbed the direction of the FBI. So the investigation is legitimate into Hunter Biden. It's been going on now for since 2018. So we're looking at four years. What is going to stop the FBI for a Republican who becomes president saying, you know what? I don't know where that investigation's going. But there's definitely some linkage between Hunter and the big guy, the former president of the United States. We're going to stop the next Republican from going to, to Delaware, to go into that compound, to grab some documents that maybe Tony Bobulinski or a former, uh, a former business partner might want. The country loses on all counts. Just think about how this goes. Isn't there a real concern amongst Republicans that they will find something really damning in that raid in Mar-a-Lago, that they do find conclusive proof of criminal wrongdoing. That a lot of Republicans must be very worried about that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, isn't that nonstop with the president? From the minute he takes office, they're raiding Michael Cohen's office, and they're saying there's got to be something really wrong here. Robert Mueller, Vladimir Putin comments when he said, hey, uh, Vladimir, if you found the 35,000 emails... Uh, let us know, because he, he was making a sarcastic comment. That means the president's in a lot of trouble. He's really friends with Vladimir Putin. We go over and over this. Then the call, Rudy Giuliani in Ukraine. Yep. He's in a lot of trouble. January 6th, he's in a lot of trouble. Letitia James, he's in a lot of trouble. I don't even think people think about that and with Trump anymore. Fair point. That's a fair point. You're right. You're right. Now let's move on to Live Golf. Rory McIlroy, uh, he's applauding the ban on live golfers from the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup playoffs. You're, I think you're a, a supporter of live golf, if I'm not mistaken. So you approve of what's going on here? And you disapprove of Rory McIlroy? Well, put it this way, there's a petition of antitrust, I believe, a lawsuit against, against the PGA saying, look, you can't have monopoly. If another league starts and the World Golf Association recognizes it, you've got to be able to acquire points if you win a live tournament and compete in the majors. That's the key. Because unless you're a past winner, you've got to be able to compete in these major right. tournaments or else live probably doesn't live long. So I think that that's going to be a lawsuit. Uh, for the most part, Rory McIlroy is one of the few big stars to walk away from live. Uh, and he's saying, I'm glad those other guys, when they made the decision, can't do it. I understand his sentiment. But if you want to start another league... 
to compete in a famous sport, uh, in an established sport, you should be able to do it. And that's what yeah, a judge ultimately exactly. is going to decide, even though these three golfers got rejected. But I approve of live golf. I mean, I think they're bringing something new to the, a rather staid sport. Look, I don't play golf myself. I like to watch it. But I noticed that at live tournaments, they play loud music. Uh, there's a, a, an atmosphere of camaraderie. They only play 54 holes, relatively short day, shotgun start, that kind of thing. I think they're bringing something good to the whole game. And, and, I'll, and I'll back up your statement. Uh, when the AFL and the NFL, you were probably in Australia, New Zealand, or England at the time. But when the AFL rolled out, they played a different, exciting brand of football. They opened it up. They passed a lot more. They changed the game. When they finally merged, the NFL was a better league. When the XFL started six uh, or maybe ten years ago, they brought that camera in that brought you feel level with the quarterbacks. Yeah. They brought an excitement to the game. The, the XFL fell apart. It came back again. It might have another, uh, might have another play. I don't know. But it changed the game for the better. Got you new angles. This year, the USFL, Fox owns it. Then all of a sudden, I'm hearing the offensive coordinator call the plays. I'm hearing a coach walk the sideline. I'm hearing what a quarterback is like in the huddle. I think the NFL is going to be forced to adapt. The PGA already yep. upped their prize money. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. why not? I mean, they, yep. they make the game better. It's called competition. It's capitalism. Competition. Yes, we see exactly. it every day. You're right. You're so right. Competition makes things better. Hey, uh, thanks very much, Brian. I know we'll see you again soon. Thank All right. You, uh, if you invite me, I'll come. Uh -huh. I'll invite. Thank you. Still ahead? Hey, Ricardo, you're in Texas. Hey, Ricardo. Brian, how are you? Good. You're worried about the IRS too, right? Yes. The reason why I'm worried, Brian, I was an IRS agent for 35 years. Now retired. Uh, the reason why I'm calling is I believe I'm afraid the Republican Party is 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 not being entirely correct in um, that all 35 of those 35 or 87 of those thousand agents are going to be carrying weapons there there is a, a part of the IRS that does carry weapons they're in criminal investigation division but the majority of us did not carry weapons for obvious reasons uh, what people should be concerned about is that are the audits and the collection techniques that they're now using. Um, I'll be honest with you. People would rather die than to lose their money uh, for the love of money, you know. But, but the thing is, is that's how they're going to get them. They don't need money. They, they have enforcement techniques that are all administrative. They don't need a judge to tell them what to do, when to do it. I know. And they're going to be more of them than border agents. Unbelievable. Ricardo, you're right. And what you're referring to is an ad that went out that said, IRS agents wanted, got to be able to use a gun, have a gun and use a gun and be willing to use it. That And they since burned it down and they put it back up. So he's disseminated between the two. You listen to the Brian Kilmeade Show. So glad you're here. Go to briankilmeade.com. Get tickets to my Albany show. September 8th. Live from the Fox News radio studios in New York City. Fresh off the set of Fox and Friends. It's America's receptive voice. Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for being here, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. Coming to you from Midtown Manhattan, heard around the country, heard around the world. Uh, Mark Thiessen at the bottom of the hour will uh, let us know how he feels about what's going on right now. The President of the United States, the former President of the United States, seems to have the window that's back, even though you would think 
It's in his face, uh, stopping him. But he seems to thrive during all these tense times. Legal problems with the uh, in New York with his business, and of course the raid on his on Mar-a-Lago with with him not being there, which uh, in Florida, which is, might be key to this story. And Cash Patel is standing by, the chief of staff and acting secretary of defense and deputy assistant to President Trump. I want to get his perspective from inside Trump world. But first, let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. He is a anti-American governor that is really going against everything we stand for. Uh, he's a global, global embarrassment. Yeah, that is not true, but that's what he believes. Mayor Eric Adams, clueless. He's demanding Texas stop sending illegals uh, to his uh, to his city. He begs Biden for more money to help with a few hundred illegals. How about over two million illegals headed to Texas and the president flat out ignores? And it's the Texas governor who is anti-American? Number two. Today we received news that our economy had zero percent inflation. In the month of July, zero percent, but people are still hurting, but zero inflation last month. So you're saying zero economy. President Biden indicating we're we are rolling now. What do you think as the president mysteriously says inflation is at zero as the Dem zero and on a massive increase in IRS agents and green spending? Number one. That's exactly what the FBI did. They lied to courts during the Russian collusion. If they did that here and the Republicans take control of the House, then this is going to be a huge scandal. Demanding answers. President Trump and the nation demand answers from the DOJ and FBI. What's behind the Mar-a-Lago raid? Now, Newsweek's reporting, the Wall Street Journal saying that they got a huge tip from a Trump insider, told them exactly where to go to get these extreme documents that are going to change everything. We don't know. Let's bring in Cash Patel, former chief of staff and acting director of defense and deputy assistant to President Trump. Uh, Cash, welcome back. What is the aftermath three days later of that raid and all these so-called sources that say they knew exactly what they were going for and they got it? Hey, Brian, it's great to be with you. And look, I'm not the political expert. I'm, you know, the national security, former prosecutor, Russiagate guy. And what I can tell you is that This is not how search warrants are executed. They're definitely not brought before a judge is so extremely biased. But putting that aside and conducting the raid during the daytime and preventing President Trump's legal counsel from entering the premises is is unheard of, if not unlawful. And here's the bottom line. This is what they want to do. You know, they ran out. They ran out with Jan 6 and they're running out of time. So their goal is to create a narrative whereby they can somehow get Trump to not run. But here's the problem with that. Both legally and factually, it's impossible to convict President Trump because, A, he declassified all the information, and, B, this trumped-up nonsense about how uh, the Presidential Records Act somehow applies by statute. It does not apply to the president. It applies to every other office in the government of the United States. So they're going to run out of that one, too, but they're going to try to drag this narrative out for as long as they can because they they know the fake news media will lop it up and project disinformation to Americans, and we just got to break through that. And, Cash, what you're talking about is a law that was put on the books during the Trump years after we watched what Hillary Clinton did with her emails and destroying them afterwards, and Barack Obama took 30,000 uh, pages of uh, some could-be-classified information. They make it a felony to be a take stuff that belongs to the White House. Now, obviously, the president of the United States wasn't hiding it. People packed it up in big boxes and moved it out, some of which boxes have been handed back, and they were negotiating 
Here's what Bill Bennett says to look out for. He was on a special report, and he sees this in one way as a big head fake. Cut 12. I'm worried that uh, the Democrats, the liberals, may be two steps ahead of us on this. Uh, They want to focus on Donald Trump. They certainly succeeded in doing that, no matter what else is there at Mar-a-Lago or what they might have even brought to Mar-a-Lago. The focus is on Donald Trump. Since Monday, we've not heard a lot about inflation, a little bit, but we've heard mostly about Donald Trump. I think they'd like him to declare before uh, the uh, 22 uh, midterms. Uh, and uh, because then they can make him the focus. Uh, And this is just what Republicans who met with him last night, as you reported, Brett, uh, want him to do, which is declare uh, this. He becomes the focus and not the condition uh, of the country. What do you think about that? You know, uh, Brian, that's a pretty savvy analysis by by, by Bill. And um, he's probably right on sort of them wanting him to declare. And it's their last shot effort because, look, the midterms are going to be a landslide. But if somehow President Trump enters the race and somehow the FBI conjures up some disinformation, which we know they can capable of doing, and it goes the other way, then they can pin the whole thing on Trump. So politically, it's a pretty savvy analysis by Bill. But I would remind the audience that this is the same FBI and the same agents and the same DOJ that set Donald Trump up unlawfully uh, during, during the Russiagate witch, host, witch hunt. And my my intention is to go in there and get the documentation from the bureau and expose it to the FBI. What created the basis for this search warrant? I bet you we're going to find the same cast of characters who corruptly prosecuted uh, the Whitmer case, which led to acquittals, who entrapped people during January 6th, are the same FBI agents who worked on the Russiagate hoax, the Hillary Clinton email server scandal, and the Hunter Biden laptop. These things don't happen coincidentally, and my efforts are going to be to expose these people and force Congress to completely uh, hold the FBI accountable come November. Well, well, I guess I guess we'll see what will happen. But, you know, the guys that really started the Russiagate thing are out. Comey's out. Page is out. Struck is out. McCabe is out. And that's just off the top of my head. Let alone people who just got out while they still could. You're going to tell me the next generation's just as bad and Christopher Wray was a big mistake? Well, Christopher Wray was a big mistake, but it's not the next generation, Brian. We, we got a lot of them out. But we didn't get everybody. Guys like Special Agent Auten and Special Agent Tibble, these are the guys that labeled Hunter Biden's laptop Russian disinformation, knowing it was false. These are the guys that verified the FISA FISA dossier warrants, knowing it was false. These are the guys that partook in the Hillary Clinton email server. These are the guys running this investigation. And and miraculously, a week ago, some of them were removed uh, from their current roles uh, due to congressional oversight. That's not a coincidence. These guys are still there. They've been there forever. And this is what the FBI does. They promote people who act unlawfully under the tenureship of Christopher Wray because he, all he cares about is flying to the Adirondack Mountains and not answering questions from the Senate. Uh, yeah, right now he said he will not comment on this. Cash, from what yeah. you know about how things operate, you know, you had the attorney general say, indicate that he did not know this was going to happen. Is that possible? Is it possible that the White House is telling the truth when they say they didn't sign off on this raid? That through their press secretary, is that possible? And I know you don't know for sure, you're not hooked in with them, but you know how things work, Cash. Is it possible for either one of those things to be correct? It is impossible for the, this warrant to have been executed at this level without the direct sign-off from the FBI director and the direct sign-off from the attorney general. I know that from my days in the National Security Division at DOJ, running high-profile cases like Benghazi and others. I also know that it is impossible. The White House is using savvy language to sort of 
uh, uh, dodged the question. The White House counsel for sure was notified by the attorney general of this type of raid involving a former president of the United States and likely contender to take on their current boss. There is no way the White House counsel was not informed of this operation. They might not have told Biden, but who really cares about that? So do you think in your estimation that it was an in-your-face to watch President Biden leave with Hunter up the Air Force One stairs with his family there at the same time President Trump is being deposed in New York State two days from when his compound was raided? Look, Brian, in my 16 years in government working for Democrat and Republican um, administrations, uh, there aren't any coincidences in government. There's just not. And the fact that they had the audacity to showcase Hunter Biden's quote unquote freedom, while we know he's committed at least half a dozen crimes based upon his laptop uh, involving narcotics, firearms and possibly underage children. Uh, and then he goes and, and, and saunters off on the taxpayer dollar to a vacation with his father. This is what the radical left wants the mainstream media to carry, because it's the only message they have to run on. And now they're going to run on this raid because they can't run on January 6th because we've completely gutted the unselect committee's position with the truth. So Newsweek has this story uh, basically about the raid. And they say an FBI confidential human source who was also to identify, identify with classified documents former President Trump was still hiding, even in the location of those documents, there were two senior government officials told Newsweek. So the one person who gave the source told them exactly where to go. The affidavit to obtain the search warrant, the intelligence source says, contained abundant and persuasive detail that Trump continued to possess the relevant records in violation of federal law, and that the investigation had sufficient information to prove that those records were located at Mar-a-Lago in order for the investigators to convince the Florida judge to approve such an unprecedented uh, thing. The information had to be solid, according to the FBI source. So they say there's somebody in the inside that knew about the safe, uh, the lock, uh, the storage house, the second floor, and Melania's uh, Melania's closet from, you know, well, you know, Trump world who had ag- who would know stuff like that? How many people would know details like that? Well, not many, but I think it's a head fake. And I think and I analogize it to the warrants that they took to the FISA court where they withheld information from the judge who signed off on the warrant. And this is why I bring it back to the, the uh, Russiagate. In this instance, it's been now publicly reported that President Trump welcomed and invited the FBI agents into the onto the premises months ago and was cooperating, and they were shocked by that cooperation. The FBI then asked President Trump to put a stronger lock on the safe, and the Secret Service came in and did that. President Trump showed him around. And so if they wanted documents and said he was hiding them, I think it's a complete and total head fake. Now, look, the FBI could have a source. They can make a source out of anyone by scaring uh, the heck out of them into a threatening them with a DOJ prosecution. I know what that's like, and I know that there's a lot of young folks and people might break. But, you know, that's why we need the underlying documents about, quote-unquote, who was the source and when was it taken? Was it a repeat of information, or did they just present it with the judge and not tell him that months before Donald Trump was cooperating and invited the FBI agents to, to into Mar-a-Lago? That's the key for me. Senator Ron Johnson who's fearlessly going after the Hunter Biden case, along with trying to team with Tony Bobulinski to get to the bottom of the Biden case, said this yesterday in answer to a very similar question I asked you about the two visions, one of the Trump raid and two of Air Force One and Biden. Cut 13. We need more people coming forward if we're going to restore credibility. But what this shows me, Larry, is not only the corruption at certain levels of the FBI and Department of Justice, 
but it really shows, I, I've been seeing a two-tier system. It's actually a multiple-tiered system. You've got a system of justice now that's going to protect people like uh, Hunter Biden, you know, people that are connected to Democrats, uh, to the elite. Then you have a justice system for the rest of Americans. They're not going to get special treatment. And then the third level is you literally have the weaponization of our law enforcement agencies against Democrats, the left's political opponents. And that's what we're seeing here. So you see the two differences? Absolutely. And he's right. The two-tier system of justice, me as a former public defender and federal prosecutor, ticks me off more than anything else. And it's clear as day that that's what's happening. Senator Johnson is absolutely correct. It's interesting to hear a multi-tiered system of justice. He's probably right on that one, too. And it's why Americans have just shown outrage at this. And I think it's going to boomerang and punch them in the face. And I agree with him. Where are the FBI whistleblowers? We need them to come forward now in droves. I know these men and women, for the most part, that work in there would not have agreed to do this. But, of course, in an agency of 15,000 people, you can find 30 uh, charlatans who will do whatever, you're, whatever the uh, Chris Ray and, and the Attorney General Merrick Garland asked them to do. But Cat, Senator, Gra- yeah. Senator uh, Johnson has put forth a robust whistleblower program. I hope more people come forward. Hey, Cash, last question. Do you want the president to run again? Of course I do. America First is a simple agenda that I follow in the national security realm. As I said, I'm not a political guy, but when it comes to border security, countering terrorism, taking on Iran, Russia, China, crushing the drug trafficking cartels, and taking on human smuggling, I don't know anyone in modern history that's done it better than President Trump in the fact literally speak for themselves. All right, Cash Patel, thanks so much. It's going to be an interesting time. All right, go get them. Uh, 1-866-408-7669. I'll take your calls when we get back. I'll go around the country. And then Mark Thiessen at the bottom of the hour. Quick note, uh, in Albany, especially if you're listening in Albany right now, I'm going to be coming up September 8th. Uh, We have a great show. We're taking back the country, the America story, a thousand people at a time. I want you to be one of those 1,000. Tickets are selling great. I was telling Allison, I'm taking a little personal. Nobody wants to sit right near me in front. I mean, the first row and a half are taken, but then the only other place that really needs people is right in the middle. Should I take that personal? Maybe people want to see more of your profile. They see you so straight on on TV oh, really? all the time. They want to see you from a different angle. Mm. Could I'm be. not buying it. Uh, way to cover for argument. me. I should have given you more warning to come <laughs> up with a better uh, story. But listen, uh, just go to BrianKillMe.com. I'll see you there. Upstate New York. Don't move. Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Follow the law that's on the books, ladies and gentlemen, that says that you can buy not one, you can buy two or more if you want to, AR-15s, hundreds of rounds of ammunition, and take that weapon that was originally designed for use on the battlefields in Vietnam to penetrate an enemy soldier's helmet at 500 feet and knock him down dead. Up against kids at five feet. It may be funny to you, mother, but it's not funny to me, okay? So he was yelling at somebody about Uvalde, right? Yes. And they're talking about guns, which he knows nothing about. And he said, check it out, look it out. And then he used that term and his crowd liked it. But the concerning is he was so quick to use that, right? Not just, look, I don't have the cleanest mouth off the air, but like you're a politician, you're running for office to like, Quickly call one of your potential voters like an MF or so quick. Like what kind of self-control does he have? And you know what's interesting is they say that Trump has a – I've never heard – I haven't heard much of it. They, he always curses, but he never cur- – almost never cur- curses publicly. 
and you would think a non-politician would have a trouble making adjustment. Beto Rourke spent his last 25 years, like 20 years as a politician. It's the only thing he does. But maybe he did it on purpose. Because so we play that. To get the attention. I mean, think about what he's already done after Uvalde. Stood up right in the front row, questions, you know, uh, questions the governor and lieutenant governor in front of everybody, remember? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And he had some choice words there, too, I believe. I think so did the sheriff. But And, and you yeah. see that Governor Abbott came out and he said that a million dollars, George Soros has given him a million dollars towards his campaign. He already had a huge, huge uh, pot of money. So they say he's with the single digits. I actually don't know what else you expect Abbott to do. He opened up a state as quick as possible. I actually, you know, as much as I like Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, I was wondering, like, what's the problem? I mean, he's not a liberal guy. Maybe you were upset he was too quick to shut down, maybe not quick enough to open up. I'm not really sure. I'm not thrilled with the homeless in Austin, but either was he. The border's falling apart. Does anyone think that's Abbott's fault? I mean, what more aggressive things can you do? I know initially people did want him to be more proactive about the border, but now he is. So I don't know if that's Yeah, I mean, right now, you can't flood the zone any more than he has, I don't think. I mean, compare it to the Governor Ducey in Arizona. I mean, Governor Ducey's done nothing up until lately. And then he just appeared because Adam says Arizona and Texas is sending their people here. And I thought, wow, I didn't know Arizona was taking part in the program. And I don't think they are. They only send them to D.C., I thought. I'm not sure if it's true. We do hear nothing from Arizona. All right, we're not Mark Tees, and we hope to hear something from him when we come back. Brian Kilmeade. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. I cannot imagine that they are literally looking for something on the Presidential Records Act. There's no way in the world that it's only about that. That would be shocking, stunning, and unprecedented. The truth is they continue to look for ways to literally put him in a corner and put the targets on him. It feels like to me. Tim Scott on our show yesterday has got a book out. Uh, Mark Thiessen joins us now, former chief speechwriter for Bush, uh, Fox News contributor, Washington Post columnist. Uh, Mark, so far we see since the Monday raid, we're not talking much about inflation. We're not talking much about uh, uh, the price of oil and gas. Does that work to President Biden's advantage? And does it work to Donald Trump's advantage that we're even talking about this raid in some weird way? Well, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting question because uh, certainly I mean, I mean, I'm here in Wisconsin right now, and it certainly helped uh, Tim Miller, who's the uh, guy who's running against Rebecca Cleefish, uh, for the governor's race. I think there's a Trump effect where I think it's going to definitely uh, improve the chances of, uh, of the candidates he's endorsed in winning Republican primaries. The question is what that's going to do in a general election. Um, I, and I don't know the answer to that. Um, it, I, clearly, this energizes his base because it's very clear that, the, that, the, you know, the, that this was unprecedented action. They haven't explained it. Uh, that they, they didn't raid Hillary Clinton's home in Chappaqua, and what she did was far worse than anything that even Trump is accused of doing. I mean, not, not only did she have uh, top-secret code word information on her private server, that information was compromised by foreign intelligence services, according to the FBI, and yet she wasn't arrested. No one raided her home. So, uh, you know, this is, there's, a, there's a huge double standard going on here. So, you know, and, I, and we're hearing all these people who were telling us there's nothing wrong with what happened to Hillary Clinton uh, to now all of a sudden expressing glee over the fact that Trump's being raided for something far less serious. Yeah, I want you to hear what Hummy Dillon said last night. 
uh, about the double standard as you see Hunter Biden walk up Air Force One steps with the president of the United States, the big guy, knowing there's been a four-year investigation into them at two days after, two days prior, the former president's house gets raided. Cut, cut 11. These people have somehow hijacked the entire federal bureaucracy and police forces to violate all of these norms. I mean, as, as it's been said many times, this has never happened before to a former president. In living memory, Barack Obama had 30 million pages of documents trucked directly from the White House to Chicago, promising these archivists, who were jumping up and down probably, that he would digitize them and put them online for all to see. And, and several years later, not a single page has been, has been handled. Are there SWAT teams descending on Chicago to get those documents? No. And so the, the double standard and triple standard here is very apparent. And, I, you know, until recently, I didn't know that until all this thing broke out, that Barack Obama took a ton of uh, material with him. We know about the Clintons took the furniture, literally took the furniture and Hillary Clinton's <laughs> emails. So, I mean, if it is just about archivists wanting stuff back, what are the chances of that taking a risk like this? And it's just archivists losing patience. Look, here's the thing. The, the, if, it, if, it's in, if it's involving just presidential records, period, then there's absolutely no excuse it's it's like you know to fire it's a firing a missile at a fly um if it involves top secret classified information that's a whole different story but the, but here's the problem the fbi and and you know keep in mind you know people people will raise the case of sandy berger sandy berger stole you know five classified documents from the national archives he was i mean he was he was uh, he had a plea deal where he pled to a to a misdemeanor uh, of unlawful possession of classified information. He paid a $50,000 fine. He lost his law license. He lost his security clearance. It's, it, mishandling classified information is serious stuff. But the problem is uh, they didn't apply the same standard to Hillary Clinton, number one. And two, nobody trusts the FBI. They haven't explained anything. I mean, why? how does Merrick Garland do something like this? And then not explain it takes such an unprecedented step and then not explain it to the American people. This is the FBI that, that lot, falsified intelligence. Uh, falsified information uh, that it gave to the FISA court. This is the FBI that used the Democrat-funded, Clinton campaign-funded Steele dossier as a pretext to spy on the Trump campaign. This is the FBI that just last month, Chuck Grassley uh, said that, that several FBI whistleblowers came to him, including senior officials, saying that there was a conspiracy inside the FBI to suppress the Hunter Biden investigation. So they have absolutely squandered they're, they're the trust of the American people. Um, and, and the whole Russia collusion conspiracy theory that they chased, you know, after the Mueller report came out, uh, a poll came out, Harvard Capps poll came out that showed that 53 percent of Americans believe that there's bias against uh, Trump and the FBI that caused this investigation. 63 percent wanted a special counsel to investigate FBI abuses. So a majority of Americans don't trust the FBI. Uh, they've squandered that trust. They have it. And if they if they had a good reason for this raid, they better come out and explain it to the American people because people don't the, the people are not giving them the benefit of the doubt, nor should they. You you know how the government works so much better than I do. Do you see a scenario when a mini press conference will be called, or a statement released, or an aff affidavit or a warrant made public, something to move this story so we don't end up with this wheel of speculation? Uh, I don't know. I think I think I think Merrick Garland is tr is trying to uh, you know he's hiding behind. Uh, this this uh, this uh, this uh, facade of uh, impartiality and objectivity, and that you know they, that they they don't comment on these investigations. I'm sorry, it's different. 
It's not your average investigation. It's the former president of the United States. And it's coming at a time when there's a whole segment of the American people that simply don't trust the Justice Department. I mean, this, again, this is the same Merrick Garland who used the FBI, weaponized the FBI to intimidate parents from going to, the, to, the, to, uh, to, uh, to school board meetings and complaining about lockdowns in their children's education. They've completely squandered the trust. So they, we, we're not going to just take his word for it that this was legit. Uh, he, he needs to release the documents, release the information, and have a press conference and answer questions on this. You don't raid a former president's home. Maybe it was justified. It's possible. I'm open to that possibility. I'm, I'm, I'm a hawk when it comes to um, mishandling classified information. But they need to explain why they did it, what, the, what, the, what was at stake. And they also need to explain why, why is this different than Hillary Clinton? Why didn't they raid Chappaqua? Yeah. Well, let's talk about inflation if we can, uh, because sure. it turns out we have nothing to worry about. Cut 17. <laughs> Today, we received news that our economy had 0% inflation in the month of July. Zero percent. Here's what that means. While the price of some things go up, went up last month, the price of other things went down by the same amount. The result, zero inflation last month. But people were... Oh, okay. Zero inflation last month. So I'm sure the media is going to hold them accountable, right? John Heilman, cut 18. Drops to zero in July due to falling gas prices. Inflation... Drops to zero. Democrats might just be able, might just be able to be like, you know what? Uh, it has been bad for a while with inflation, but we're on the right track now. So uh, everyone's jumping on the zero. He read it like nine times. He never even picked his head up. So obviously someone wrote it. Uh, what is the impact of continuing to tell people life is not as you think it is? Uh, we're not in a recession despite two months of negative, two quarters of negative growth. Uh, boys are not girls. And uh, inflation does not exist. And the inflation bill, the anti-inflation bill, is really going to address inflation. None of anything I said is true. So here's the thing. Number number one, nobody in the government counts inflation that way, right? So you you won't find a single uh, uh, government statistic or government official or government document counting saying that there was zero inflation last month. That's just the political appointees in the Biden administration, number one. He also, put, he also said that well, wages are rising and inflation is, inflation is at zero. You know, if you, when, when you go out and say things as president of the United States that directly contradict the lived reality of the American people, they tune you out. They shut you down. Because the reality is, if you're an American, you're, you, you say, okay, so my, so, so my prices didn't go up more last month, but they've gone up 8.5% in the last year. <laughs> and I'm still, I'm still having to choose between gas and food. Oh, gas has gone down to $4.11. You know what? From, from almost $5. When you, when you took office, it was two fifty. dollars <laughs> right. So I'm paying, I'm paying $1.50, $1.60 more than when you took office, and you're saying that's a victory for me. The people, people in America are choosing between gas and food. Literally, there are people who, 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 can't, who, who have to decide whether it's worth it to drive to work because they can't afford the gas to get there and they won't earn enough to make it, to make it worth going, uh, going. I mean, they, they say, for example, wages have risen. You know what? Real wages have dropped faster than they have in 40 years because any wage gains have been more than wiped out by the inflation that is, that is eating up people's paychecks. So when you say this stuff, it, I understand they're searching for the, for the silver lining in the yeah. dark cloud. 
but people, all people can see is the dark cloud in their lives. And when you say, oh, look at the silver lining, isn't this wonderful? They, they look at you like you're nuts. I hear you. Uh, I want to help you uh, formulate a new column. I don't want to lead the witness, <laughs> but I got to bring you to this story. <laughs> Mayor Eric Adams has never been more clueless, I think, in his professional career. He continues to call for federal help to handle illegal immigration of those Westchester flights that come in the middle of the night. And now the buses that come from Texas. Listen to what he's threat, how he's threatening the governor of Texas. Cut 24. I am deeply contemplating taking a busload of New Yorkers uh, to go to Texas and do some good old fashioned door knocking uh, because we we have to for the good of America, we have to get him out of office. Really? Governor Greg Abbott responded, 25. Go ahead, Mayor. Make my day. Uh, There could hardly be anything better uh, to aid my campaign against Beto O'Rourke than to have Beto O'Rourke have his campaign aided by a bunch of New Yorkers that will not be viewed very positively in the state of Texas. Candidly, the only thing better than that is what has already occurred, and that is Beto has received a million dollars from George Soros. So what do you think about that threat? I mean, is it so clueless and tone deaf to think he's going to threaten the governor of Texas with New Yorkers telling him how to vote? I, I am uh, I am reminded, and I'm showing my age now, Brian, of of that old ad for uh, for salsa. I can't remember what brand it was. There's a bunch of cowboys sitting around a campfire and eating salsa and chips, and they look at the, at the thing and it says, "This was made in New York City." <laughs> <laughs> New York City. It's a, it was, it, you know, the idea of a bunch of people from New York City coming to Texas to tell them how to run their state is laughable. Um, and here's the other thing is this this mayor, uh, Adams, has has declared openly declared that his city is a sanctuary city. And so all all the governor of Texas is doing is taking him up on his offer. He's, he's declared a city a sanctuary for illegal immigrants. So all the, mayor, all, all the governor's doing is busting some illegal immigrants to the sanctuary he set up. And he's complaining? I mean, there, they, they have had – last year there were 2 million encounters at the border. and That's not counting gotaways. We're on track for another 2 million crossing the border into Texas and Arizona. And, and he sent a few hundred illegal immigrants on a bus to New York, and they're saying, oh, my gosh, the resources, we're, we're, we can't afford, we can't handle this influx. It's like we're, you're just getting a tiny taste of what's happening to the border states. You know, if you want to be a sanctuary, be a sanctuary. Welcome them. Give them resources. Put them in school. Give them food. Do all the things that you said you're going to do. Yep. You, you, you can't complain. You say, if you declare yourself a sanctuary, how can you complain? You know the next move. Coming to your sanctuary. Mark, I'm going to play this out. You know the next move? President Biden's going to be what? asked what Mayor Adams complains about illegal immigrants. He goes, yes, I think it's criminal what the governor's doing. And I'm going to get the New York City some, uh, some resources to be able to handle this influx. Would that be something President Biden would be crazy enough to do? Or will he ignore the calls for funding to these blue cities, knowing he's ignoring the border states? Yeah, I mean, it's it's I, I, the incompetence of this administration is such that I don't put anything past him. But you know, I think I think what what Abbott is doing is just brilliant. Um, and it's the same thing with DC. Mayor Bowser, when Donald Trump was elected, put out a statement saying, "We are a sanctuary. We welcome all of our residents, legal and illegal, to to to, to as equal citizens in the in the in the District of Columbia." I'm paraphrasing, of course. So, okay, here you go. Here they are. You take care of them. 
<laughs> why should why should people in Texas be be, be stuck with this problem? So I, I think I think what he's doing is brilliant. He's calling them on their bluff. And if you want to be a sanctuary city, then don't be surprised when people take you up on your offer. Allison, what are the chances that Mark is going to use my idea of Adams and <laughs> Abbott in his next column? What do you think? 50-50. I just hope I get credit. And better like, I was thinking in my study the other day, I wanted to be like I was on Brian Kilmeade's radio show. Is that too much to ask? Hey, how about this? Why don't you have me on your TV show and we'll talk about it some more there. All right. We'll get, we'll get you makeup and some hair and a, a limo. All your demands need, will be I met. Need, I need a lot of makeup. <laughs> You're a very <laughs> handsome man. Uh, Mark Thiessen, thanks Thank so you. much. Have a great weekend. Take care. You got it. Hey, listen, I got a lot of phone calls. I'm not going to do more to know I'm doing calls when I get back. Brian, kill me, Joe. Want even more, Brian? Download the podcast at briankilmeadshow.com. Every episode, exclusive interviews on demand. More of Kill Me coming up. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmead. Drivers everywhere are getting relief. Just to be under four. I had to make sure to stop. After a summer fueled by inflation, Gas Buddy says this good news could continue. We could see the national average falling another 15 to 30 cents a gallon. And for drivers once worried about cost, there's a new concern. Crowds returning to the roads at the end of the summer. Americans have either planned their summer travels or they've carried them out already. I don't know that there will be a meaningful increase in demand from the fall in prices. Road trips are now cheaper. The savings on a drive from New York City to Niagara Falls, for example, could buy you a beer compared to what it would have cost Memorial Day weekend. The trek from L.A. to Lake Tahoe will save you almost 10 bucks, which could pump more fuel into the economy. When everything kind of dies, starts to go back down, it's usually good to put money back into the economy, so I'll probably start spending again. That's CBS doing report, talking about glad they're just cheerleading for this administration. They want to get you so used to $5 a gas. When it goes to four, you appreciate it. You should be at $2.35. $2.40 should be the big thing. If it gets to three, that's a story. When it drops to around four, which means in certain places like California, it's still closer to five. You don't celebrate by saying, I can get a beer if I go from one city to another. It's amazing. Also, you heard the report earlier that they're going out of their way. Matt Lap says they're going out of their way to bend stats in order to make it look like inflation's going down. You know different. Hey, Paul, you're in Boston. Paul, real quick, what's on your mind? Julie, St. Louis, Missouri, 97.1. Julie. Hi, Brian. Hey, I'm a lawyer. I deal with federal agencies every day of my working life. Most people don't realize that any regulation can be turned into a criminal violation with very little, um, like, intent shown on the, on the part of the person that the government is pursuing. And the only thing saving average people from the kind of treatment they're giving Trump is prosecutorial restraint and discretion. I think this is going to continue to escalate and get worse because these decisions are made by career bureaucrats that have infested the federal government. On what case? Are they going to pursue the January 6th case? Are going to pursue just taking I'm documents talking, case? So on the documents. So on the federal documents, it could be, it wouldn't surprise me if there is a document somewhere at Mar-a-Lago that needs to be returned. 
that could be criminalized. So a ju- it doesn't surprise me that a magistrate would issue a warrant because, you know, the laws are so broadly written. Right. So let's go get 30000 for Barack Obama and arrest him, too. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.